Welcome to Karate Cafe, your source for martial arts conversations since 2005. Karate Cafe is sponsored by Piranha Gear. Visit piranagear.com for all your martial arts equipment needs. And now, here's your hosts, Paul Wilson and Dan Williams. Hello again, everybody. It's Paul with Karate Cafe coming at you with yet another episode. And off to my center line, as always, Dan Williams. Dan, how are you doing? Hey, Paul. Good. How are you? All right, just happy to be here, happy to be part of the team. Uh, we were we were off for a little bit. Uh, I was on the road, as many of you, or a few of you, or maybe actually none of you might have noticed. Uh, I was on a month-long trek on the road, uh, a little family vacation, and I went uh, all the way up to Canada and back from uh, from my home. So uh, we're probably going to discuss that. Uh, Dan, anything going on in your neck of the woods? Not really. Uh, you know, same old, same old. Just uh, just trying to keep my head above water, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the story with everybody. Uh, all right, well, hey, then let's jump right into it. So, um, from our last episode, I think we, we talked about it. I was going to hit the road. I was going to hit the dusty trail. And, uh, now, did you drive? Was it drove, all driving? Yep, it was all, all driving. And, wow. uh, yeah, my wife is uh, not a friend of flying. And also, it's just that would have been probably expensive. Well, we were going to camp. That was the whole idea. We were going to hit the road. We were going to. We took all our camping stuff. We had booked some some camping sites along the way. We were going to see some friends. Going to see some people that that I was in the navy with. I was going to see you know all these people I haven't seen in like ten years. And due to the uh, vicissitudes of traveling and the weather, uh, a lot of that didn't happen. But uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, one of the things that we talked about on the show was. And then I put on, I, I guess, our Facebook page on, on the Facebook for those of you people who are using the internet. Um, that uh, you know, I was I was going to bring a gi, and uh, you know, we I, I was hoping train on the road. I was going to train on the road. I was hoping that uh, some of our listeners out there along the way uh, were were going to you know, open their dojo and say, you know, hey, come train with us, and you know, we get to beat you up and tell you how wrong you've been all these years and all that, you know. <laughs> All that good stuff, uh, and that pretty much didn't happen uh, for yep. a couple of reasons. One, I ended up not taking a gi. Uh, I was going to take my gi, and then I uh, reached out to our, our sponsor, uh, Piranha Gear, and I talked to Bill, and I said, you know, hey, I'm going to go on the road. And he said, hey, well, let me send you a gi. And uh, he sent me some T-shirts to, to give out to, to the listeners and, and whatnot, cool. and those who I encountered along the way on my travels, and... Due to the vicissitudes of shipping, it got there like the day after I left. So, <laughs> so, but I do have a lovely new gi, and it's great. And as soon as I get it all embroidered up, I'm going to get a picture in it, and I will have uh, get some that to Bill so he can post that. And so, you know, for for the marketing purposes. But I do have a couple of T-shirts, and um, I guess we could probably do some sort of contest or something so people can. Um, oh, there you go. Uh, we need to come up with something good, something, some some vague martial art things, so I can uh, unload those T-shirts uh, <laughs> and whatnot. Um, but I do have to give a shout out to uh, one of our our listeners, uh, Julio Estevez, or Estevez, if I'm saying that wrong. Julio, you can beat me up the next time you see me. Uh, he actually was in uh, Long Island. I, he was out in New York. We were out in New York, and he did contact me and say, you know, hey, let's get together and train. And uh, I just couldn't make that happened with uh, when we were in New York, the, the travel time to where he was, vice where we were, it was kind of tough. But he did ping me and contact me pretty much every day. So, so thank you very you much know, it's, for that. It's okay, it's okay to say that you were afraid of him. I mean, you know. I was, you know, he, lo- he looks, he's just 
photos on Facebook was a little scary, you know. But uh, no, no, no. It was. Uh, I, I, I we talked back and forth a few times online, and I just I couldn't, you know. We'd start. Well, you know, with with the craziness of of the trip in the first place, you know, it's 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 really difficult to kind of to throw something else in there. Yeah, you know, and also we were in New York City, so we basically parked the car for a week, and then yeah. you know, getting on uh, the subway with like you know a bow and a sigh and you know a gi and stuff like that. Hey, people tend to look at you funny. <laughs> well, actually, New York City, probably not. I saw, I saw some more yeah. stuff on it. Uh, but anyway, so, so thank to you uh, for staying with us. But um, the big flip was what I was going to do was I was going to train on the road. So yeah. that was one of the things. And then also just the, the application of our um, various martial arts self-defense training uh, on the road. Uh, because, you know, one of the things, you know, the first rule of self-defense, as, as I often preach, is awareness. And so, you know, I'm on the road. I'm on the road with my family. And so, yep. you know, you're, you're training, you know, we stop in a campsite and, and you know, you have to train, <laughs> you know, to, have to do something to work out and you have to kind of find where you're going to work out at. But then, like, being in hotels, you know, same thing, like, you know, most hotels ho- are tough. Hotels are tough, but, uh, you know, nowadays, most of them have, like, a little gym and almost no one uses them. Yep. Uh, and so, I sought those out. Uh, the times we were in hotels, I would try and go down if there was enough room. And hotels that had pools, I also would use because you know, I practice kicks and punches, and you have resistance and, and whatnot uh, mm-hmm. on, on there. Pools are—I found pools really good for that. When I did tai chi a lot, um, I would do uh, my tai chi forms in the pool to offer up resistance and just, you know, have a have a different experience with the form. Uh, so yeah, I found the the pool really useful. Now, and speaking of tai chi, it was really great when I was in New York City. Uh, we went down to Chinatown to eat a couple times, and uh, we wandered past some park where it was just just chock full of Chinese people. I mean, mm-hmm. and it was, and the, the ladies were dancing, and you know, people were they had oh, like that's a, cool. It had, it had like a little track, and you know, some people working on track, and people were just sitting there. But over in the corner, you know, my spidey sense started tingling, and sure enough, there were like three older Chinese gentlemen doing Tai Chi, and one guy was oh. it was clearly the Sifu, and he was and and he would stop them and. They were they were going over the bunkai, essentially of yep. tai chi. So you know, of course, I didn't want to be like goofy round eye, you know, like staring at him. But you know, there I was. So I watched yeah. them, and I haven't done tai chi seriously in so many years. So I didn't feel uh, you was weren't about to jump in or anything. yeah, like, hey there, boys, let me show you what I got. Yeah. You know, uh, but it was great actually seeing that sort of you know in in its natural environment, so to speak, uh, of watching the guys because when I trained and our instructor. He would teach us, you know, he would show us moves and stuff like that, but he didn't really go deep into what the, what the application might have been, and I saw yeah. this, this instructor was actually going over it, you know, and they were right there in the middle of everybody. I mean, they were totally surrounded by people. There was no, like, oh, we need to worry about, you know, people seeing us. It was... Well, it's funny because when I, when I did Tai Chi, um, we did it in the park, and it was such a different experience for me. It was I was very self conscious about uh, doing my forms in public because I felt like everybody was staring and that you know I looked like an idiot and things like that. But at, probably after I don't know a month or two, I just kind of get got used to it. And you know, if people watch you, people watch you, and you don't really care anymore. But. Um, yeah, so you know, I had a um, one of the experiences I had was I went to a conference in um, 
or was it New Orleans? And I thought, well, you know, I'm I'm here without the wife, and just kind of generally the the conference goes until six or seven, and I'm just kind of hanging out on my own. And I tried to find a Wing Chun studio down there, and there was one, and it didn't seem it was like only open on the weekends or something like that. It was very strange. Um, but I think on the road for people, it oftentimes it's it's really difficult to find somebody to work out with, and so you just kind of have to. You're on your own, and yeah. generally you don't you don't have equipment with you, and you know I th- I think that there are a lot of um, more modern martial artists that kind of poo poo forms and stuff like that. But I mean, talk about a situation where you know sometimes going through your form is like the only thing you've got uh, that that can keep you in practice. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and th- that's one one of the things that that I encountered on this trip, you know, and, and re- revisited mm-hmm. was the fact that, you know, yeah, a lot of time we were in campgrounds, you know, and, yep. and, and so, it, yeah, it's that, you know, if I'm doing it, is someone going to walk up like, what you doing, you know? And, yeah, and right. Then, and, and then also, you know, finding the, you know, just kind of the proper area and, you know, places that were smooth or, you know, or, or conducive to, um, Part of that, uh, but but then the other thing that I noted was that especially in, in larger cities, and we were in Montreal for uh, a week, we were we were in D.C. for um, almost a week. Uh, that's Washington D.C. for those of you at home, uh, and uh, New York City, the town's so nice yep. to name it twice. Uh, we were there, and actually in Montreal, strangely enough, we were walking around and we went to Chinatown once again, and uh, you know they have sort of a big you know, arch or something that's, you know, got a sign that says Chinatown. And literally right inside that, like three feet from that arch up on the second floor was a Wing Chun school. And it had a sign up. And I was like, you know, they couldn't have put it across the street. They had to put it just inside. Right. Uh, Well, you know, because because all Asians do martial arts. Right, exactly. And so as soon as you walk in, that's the first thing. (laughs) There's that and then there's a a dim sum place. And uh, then I saw... (laughs) I saw, as, as, and we were going to a dim sum place. I, oh, no, that was in New York. Uh, but we were going to get some Chinese food, and mm-hmm. th- there was another, some sort of martial arts studio there. But one of the things that, that I did find, especially in New York, and uh, especially in the city of, uh, of, of Washington in D.C., was finding a school is much harder than it is, say, in, in Austin. You know, in, in a smaller town, you know, there's, you know, Taekwondo schools everywhere. <laughs> There's a lot of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu schools. I mean, there's. It seems like you can't drive more than a mile without seeing a martial arts school of some stripe. Yeah. And and there, just walking around, I just wanted to maybe see if there was one that. I mean, I was Google mapping it and 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 seeing. Uh, and before I went, I everywhere everywhere I was gonna go that I knew I was going to go, I you know I googled schools to see kind yeah. of what flavor of, of schools there might be found. And so because yeah, I, I would like to. I would like to think that as a martial artist, I could walk into a school, you know, show them my card and say, hey, I'm a martial artist, I, I train here, I'm in town for a couple of days, can you, can you come train with me? And, uh, and I know I have that policy at my dojo, and I have benefited yeah. from that in the past. The people say, yeah, just come on in, whatever. Um, but, but it was astoundingly hard <laughs> to find schools. And, uh, that's really wild. I would think just the opposite would be true. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it probably has something to do with, you know, like in New York, I'm sure rent. rent yeah. You know, and the same thing and everyone's kind of crowded in. So, and I mean, I found some schools in New York eventually, like after two or three days of just walking around, I found yeah. them 
And of course, none of them were open during the day. You know, everything was open in the evening. But right. uh, but when I when I did find them, you know, it was they were in neighborhoods. They were you know in the city. They I'm sure there were probably some hidden around in like Wise and, and you know maybe some church program yeah. or something. Renting renting yeah. halls and things like that. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why you know, I, I reached out to to our, our many thousands of listeners out there <laughs> across the globe that were here in the United States and said you know hey oh can I come train you know if if I'm in the area you know I'm going to be in the area let me know and yeah. um. And so, because that way, it would, there would be a, first off, that level of, if you can't train with your school, whenever I travel, I always, you know, Google to see if, you know, if one of our schools is there, if I don't know it's there already, and then just what's in the area. Yeah, one of the schools in your federation. Right, yeah, yeah. We, we know pretty much where those are, but sometimes there's some guys that are kind of under the radar and whatnot, but, but then I also just look around, and so, because like, one of the things that um, I, I saw when I, when I Googled Karate schools in, in Montreal was it seemed like there was a lot of Kyokushin schools, mm-hmm. and then when I got there and kind of started like Google mapping stuff, I found several Shotokan schools. So you know, there's there's the ones, and just like here in Austin, there's a lot of Tangsudo, and you know, so you know, it's like one yeah. thing, one thing kind of gets a foothold, and then it kind of grows out as people get to be yeah. special level and they don't really move. Well, and which which makes sense because, you know, a, a, a school early on is going to generate students that create their own schools and that, you know, that's just going to, that's going to propagate that style throughout that area um, because, well, and not only that, but then, you know, once, once that style gets a foothold in that area, it can potentially, you know, if somebody in that area is thinking about taking martial arts, they are probably going to lean towards one of the three Motokwan schools because that's just right down the road from them, as opposed to the Wing Chun school that's across town or whatever. Right, um, and, so, and, and or just has a little sign because you know, like say the the school in in Montreal, uh, it was just mm-hmm. it was a sign about you know two feet by two feet, and just said you know Wing Chun Kung Fu blah blah blah, and, yeah. and so yeah, the schools that are flying under the radar are obviously going to be a little bit harder to. Harder to find, but yeah. I mean, but now with with the internet, it, it's apparently becoming a thing, you know. So people are starting to use that, and it's fun becoming much easier, I think, to find schools because you can even, you know, find schools that are just you know like a random Yelp review or you know or whatever. Think thanks to the awesome power of, of search engines, you can start finding references to schools that don't even have a website. And well, I, I've, I always thought it would be nice to have like a a comprehensive directory of of schools because I know that you know from from my experience, a lot of the schools that I've been to are in basements and garages and um, the the gym at the Y, and they're you know it's, it's not a place, it's not somewhere that's going to be in the yellow pages, it's not somewhere that's even necessarily going to have a website. It's going to be a guy that's done stick fighting for 20 years that has a collection of students in his basement. Although I guess if he doesn't have any of that stuff, he's probably very unlikely to register his school with some random website on the internet anyway. So yeah. <laughs> how, do you, how do you collect that? I don't know. But um, but yeah. I, always, I always thought it would be nice to have some sort of comprehensive database of you know, especially for situations of I'm I'm traveling around somewhere, um, and well, you know, the other thing I did when I was in uh, uh, New Orleans is essentially I w- I was down there for the Microsoft Tech Ed event, and I 
I tweeted out um, that, hey, you know, if anybody is at, at TechEd and wants to, you know, uh, roll some cheese out with me, I'm, I'm not doing anything tonight, uh, you know, t- tweet me back. And I uh, didn't get any responses, uh, but I, I always thought to myself, boy, that, that would be nice. You know, you've got, I don't know how many were at TechEd, probably 10,000 people. So you've got 10,000 people there. I thought to myself, well, there's got to be at least a handful that knows Wang Chung. And of that handful, there might just be one that says, I'm not doing anything tonight either. So right, I think right. when, you know, when you're traveling like that, it's, you know, and, you know, those kind of, that kind of broadcast communication is is kind of convenient. Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. Stuff like well, you know, that. when I was in uh, Central Park in New York, uh, I, I did that. I was sitting there. My 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 kid was playing in a park, and and I looked over, and there was sort of the big sort of green area, and a bunch of people playing frisbee and and then whatnot. And I was like, oh, so I got on Twitter, and I and I tweeted, hey, you know, anyone doing martial arts in Central Park? <laughs> ah. And. Uh, uh, and I, I didn't get any response, uh, but then I, uh, actually that's when Julio um, uh, pinged me again and I was talking to him and said, hey, he said, yeah, there's usually people there doing it. He said, but it's kind of late, it was kind of later in the evening. He said, yeah, but you know, wow. usually that's fine kind of earlier in the day. I did see somebody, we were walking around um, somewhere in Brooklyn, and there were some guys and they were boxing. They were doing shadow box. Oh. Well, there, there was a trainer and the guy that had gloves on and he was boxing. And, you know, doing doing some pad work and, and whatnot, and of course I stuck around to see if there was going to be anybody shooting in or anything, but uh, right. uh, that didn't happen. But I mean, so there's it's out there, and of course in a city that big, there's there's got to be more. And of course then I saw the, the the Tai Chi thing going on in that other little park. So it, it's out there, it's out there, and it's able to be fine. And I and I think that yeah. probably using you know social media and stuff like that is definitely a, a better way to go for. I mean, obviously it's, it doesn't work every time. <laughs> Well, and I know that for me, like because because I was at a particular event, I you I also included the hashtag of the event because I know that when when I went down there, I um you know I set something up so that I could see um, everybody that was posting with the hashtag with with a tweet that included the hashtag of that event. So yeah. I was kind of monitoring and I I kind of was assuming that there were other people that were doing the same thing. It's probably a little bit more difficult in like a random setting like like at a you know a random setting at a random time like when you were at Central Park because there's you know unless it's somebody that you know directly or they're they just happen to be monitoring or one of the one of the hashtags that you've tweeted with, they're probably not likely to pick it up. Yeah, yeah. So, no, no. Your you know, awareness is the first level of self defense. Once again, that's right. I think what would be cool is uh, if there was a if there was a Twitto, Twitter 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 there was a Twitter that was uh, geolocation aware. So you could just say, you know, no matter what, send me all the tweets within. I don't know, a mile of where I'm at or something like that. <laughs> yeah, because you can geolocate, I think, through Twitter, but I don't know that'd be, if, if it filters. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be handy. That'd be handy. So, and then uh, the other component of this whole trip thing was just as, for me, um, and it took maybe a little bit, not too terribly long, but uh, it took it to kind of get in the, in the sort of self-defense mode because, um, you know, you're on the road and you're kind of yep. around. So, like, one of the things I had to talk, because 
and my son's eight and he likes to run around and he's in the car for six or seven hours and he gets antsy and yeah. we pull off and pull into a rest stop or something like that and he'd ride his scooter and sometimes he would ride and you know we're gone well you know i couldn't we couldn't see him and you know we had to mm-hmm. you know go hunt him down a couple of times and so and of course he's you know, I, i'm okay whatever and and so I, as a you know a drill for him i let him i kind of went off to the side a little bit and there just happened to be one car kind of sitting way down the end there was our car and one other car and then way down at the other end of this rest stop there was this car sitting there and it was you know right near the on-ramp to get back on the interstate and so I, you know, kind of went over to where he was scooting around and not paying attention. And I waited until he wasn't paying attention, and I just grabbed him. <laughs> I grabbed him, and I took him right over to the car. Now, whoever was in that car was, was luckily not there because they probably would have freaked out. And, yeah. and then, then they, you know, like the Gracies come out and beat me up. Uh, but, right. <clears throat> but I grabbed him, and I sat him down in front of that car, and I said, and I, count, I was like, I counted to 10, and he was like looking at me funny, and I was like, okay, you're in that car, and you're on the interstate. And we don't know. That's how quick it could happen. Yep. And, and he was just, and I was, I was like, someone could grab you, you're in that car already, and you're on the interstate. Because it was, it was literally like, I mean, maybe five yards to the on-ramp. And, you know, yeah. it was just out in the middle, you know. And so, yeah, I, I was just trying to bring that home to him. I was like, that's how quick that could happen. You know, that's in a really crowded one. It's maybe not so bad because there's more eyes on it, but there was nobody in this. Uh, well, and you know, there's that there's that old balance between being paranoid and being safe. And I I think the the, the big difference is is that uh, in that in that particular example, um, there are a lot of ways for him to to stretch and ride around and things like that and still be safe. So yeah, yeah. if if you can have fun and you can do your thing and be safe, why not make the choice to be safe? Right, yeah. yeah I mean, <clears throat> you know, we always, we always have fun with, you know, our good friend Alex Haddox, who, mm-hmm. you know, his, his show is in our increasingly dangerous urban environments. And yes. I disagree. I mean... <laughs> Uh, he's, he's, he's only paranoid because everybody's out to get him. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there's, there, there's, there's, you know, stay aware, be safe, all that stuff like that. And I mean, like, in, so in New York, he was riding around on a scooter, and he would ride ahead of us, and we had to, you know, don't. But there's a lot of people, you yeah. know, lots of eyes, and uh, it's, so yeah, there's that whole, you know, stay aware, you know, don't get too far ahead of us, but you can get a little bit ahead of us. And, I mean, because there, there, there are kids there that are riding the subway by themselves, and they're on... The buses by themselves, and they're they're walking by themselves. So there's 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 a a latchkey kid component to New York, and you know, and same thing with um, uh, Montreal. The, the people that we we stayed with for a little while have a uh, a 17 year old daughter, and she you know she would go out and run around and ride the bus and do all this other stuff, and it was not a worry for her because in the city she felt fairly safe. But you have I mean, but but she lives there. And for those of us who are transient, you know, yeah. I always basically had my radar on. Well, and I think that's, you know, I think that's a big factor as well, is that there are, um, I grew up in Detroit, and I knew the neighborhoods that were okay to get into, and I knew the neighborhoods that weren't okay to go into. And um, it's, if, if, you, if you don't know which is which, 
then then it does kind of become dangerous uh, because if you wander into the wrong neighborhood at the wrong time of day and you know you don't <laughs> you, you look like a a, a a, a dumb tourist that's ready to get robbed, then guess what? You're probably going to get robbed. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And we, we, the, the apartment we were staying in in New York, it was a friend of mine that I work with, and, you know, and he's lived there for quite a long time. Anyway, and, and so both times I've been to New York, I said, it was really nice. Like, everyone is really nice. Everyone we talk to mm-hmm. is really nice. You know, at, at, people will always you know, give you directions, and, you know, you can chit chat with them and, and stuff like that. So, uh, he actually came here to Austin, and he was kind of funny because he's like, "Man, I feel scared here in Austin because he doesn't drive, and, and my, well, he doesn't drive in New York, oh, and now right. he drives here. He's like, ah, it's freaking out.' But uh, and but but the, so the impression is, and I'm like, no, oh, it's really not that bad because people in New York drive fairly assertively, not dangerously, but just assertively. So mm-hmm. anyway, so we were talking about that, and he said like, "Yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty dangerous in New York." And I'm like, I said, I didn't find it that way, and he's like, "Well, you know, you're not, you were passing through." You know, so so it's yeah. it's kind of easy to get lulled into that because yeah, I do look like a goofy tourist, even though I'm you know devastatingly handsome and you know look like a man who can handle himself. Well, of course. Uh, yeah, I'm still I'm kind of gawking a little bit, and I'm but I, but I'm conscious of that. I'm very conscious of like you know I look like a dweeb. You know. A well, bit. and like I said, I think the most the most dangerous element of that is um, being in the wrong neighborhood because. I, I just I, I remember one time uh, it was college and my buddies and I were out on the town and driving around and, and having fun and we uh, we kind of drove into this this what looked like kind of a bad neighborhood and we weren't really sure how to get out of the neighborhood and we got increasingly nervous about um, the neighborhood and just like the appearance of the neighborhood and we drove by a, a a building and a sign that said Cabrini Green on it and we kind of instantly knew that not only are we in the wrong neighborhood we are in the <laughs> we are really in the wrong neighborhood and of course you know <laughs> we're 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 a, a crew of of preppy college white kids uh driving around Caprini Green it's just like that's that's not good and you can't really say that that is that's what Chicago is like cuz that's not true at all um but if you wander in the wrong neighborhood you're going to you're going to have a bad day yeah uh, so and, and it, it's even I mean, uh, one of the things that I noticed was uh, the building we were staying in was uh, 51 floors tall. Oh, uh, okay. And so uh, it's an apartment building, whatnot, and very nice, new. It's only like five or six years old or whatever, and uh, a lot of, a lot of, you know, whatnots are around there. But uh, anyway, so there I am, mind my own business, and so I'm in the elevator. I'm right with these people, and we're saying hi or whatever. And we were like on the 14th floor, and uh, the elevator wasn't particularly swift, you know, so mm-hmm. it kind of but anyway, there's 51 floors, and so sometimes I, you know, we'd go up to the 51st floor, had uh, a big open area to work, you know, to grill out, and people would go up there and work out and whatnot. Anyway, so oh, that's cool. But um, but I mean, I would get in there, and like, so I hit, you know, 51, and so I'm going from the 14th floor to the 51st floor, and it would take a while, and so somebody would get on, and it took me probably a day to start like, you know, like, I want to be kind of closer to the buttons. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. if I press 14, then I press 51, and then someone gets on, you know, and yep. I, and a lot of people will go into the 51st floor, so, you know, you're on there all the time with somebody, and so, 
there's a long time between when that door's going to open again. And so if well, something happens, I want to be close to the buttons so I can... You know, you know, it's funny because I think, again, that goes back to experience and stuff. Because I know that for me, honestly, it's probably been... Uh, I can I could probably count them on both hands how many times I've actually even been in an elevator that has that many floors. Yeah, exactly. So it's a very unfamiliar experience to me to 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 have to be in an elevator for that long with somebody and you know i know that one of the like the 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 in my opinion the worst case martial artist scenario is it's you and your family in the elevator and the bad guy comes in and hits the stop button you know is hits the floor and then once the doors close hits the stop button and now you're in a box with a bad guy having to protect your family. I mean, that's that to me is is probably worst case scenario. There's right, nowhere yeah. to run. There's nowhere to go. And uh, so yeah, I think if I had if you know if I had an apartment on the the thirtieth floor or something, I don't know. Maybe I would just be so used to it that I wouldn't think about it anymore. I I, I can imagine that um, probably if I if I went to the the Amazon jungle, I would think, how can, you know, I'm going to die in the matter of a couple of hours out here. And probably somebody that lives in the jungle would, would come onto my street and go, this is just the most insane way. I mean, I'm going to get hit by a car in, in two seconds. What, how can you live like this? <laughs> yeah. Well, then that's, again, it goes back to awareness, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, cause it took, like I say, it took me a day or three to kind of, and I started acclimate. Yeah. You know, well, I started paying attention to how people, when you got on the elevator, Mm-hmm. Like, you know, how they, how they act. Because most people are like, oh, hey, how's it going, you know? So, right. uh, but, but I would see people who would, like, routinely, the door would open, and they, if they were already in there, they would, like, move back and into the corner, you know, away from the buttons, <laughs> and, 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 like, oh, you know, back themselves into a corner, which, you know, has its merits and, and not. And so... Right, we can and, sneak up on right. when you're in a corner. And so, well, yeah, but then also you're also kind of jammed in and you're not near the buttons and you're, they're between you and the door, you know? So, you know, it, it, that's kind of one of those, you know, scenarios where I think about like on The Watchmen where like I'm, I'm Rorschach and I'm going like, no, you forget, you're locked in here with me. Right. You know? <laughs> so, so I get by the buttons, you know, and like if, I had my, if my son was with me or my wife was with me, I would kind of orient my body between, between. them and, you know, and a little bit, but... The, and the elevators were fairly small, except for the like the, the freight one that was designated for freight. So I mean, there was there was all that, and so I'm just I would start thinking immediately, like, and then yeah. I I noticed things like I'd see the sign that says you know when you push the call button if there's an, an issue you press the call button is there's a light that flashes that says you know if the light is flashing your call uh, is has been answered, and so I was like oh okay so if you hit the button but you can't hear anything somebody breaks the speaker or something. Yeah, you know, if you see that light flashing, it's somebody who's it's saying, "Connected." Yeah, hey, what's going on? So, you know, and there's well, and there's the doorman, you know, so there's a doorman downstairs. Okay, that's great, but they really aren't paying attention because they don't know me from Adam, and I'm walking in and out. So, yeah. you know, there's all those components when you're traveling, or when you're in some place that you're not normally. That you know, I think unless you're sort of in that mindset all the time, which clearly, you know, I'm not, and, and you're not, and I, I think most people really aren't. Is no. you know they're just that low level awareness where you're just lollygagging through your day or whatever. But on that one, I, I you know I really had to try and get myself in that place ahead of time. Like when we when we took off, okay, now I'm going to start paying attention to the drivers around me. I'm going to start paying attention to, dr to drivers' license. I started paying attention to license plates a lot. 
you know, oh. you know, because I mean, yeah. just, you know, pulling into, um, you know, pulling into a rest stop or whatever, you know, you see all these license plates, and you know, so I would just, just, ping, you know, it's just situational awareness sort of thing going on. If the, you know, the, there's the staff, there's Wi-Fi, if there's a phone, you know, all that, that sort of thing. One of the things I noticed in Montreal, I, I, which uh, I brought up, um, I actually took a picture of a phone booth. Uh, yeah. because, um, I, I teach my, my students, I think I said this a, a couple of, a couple of episodes ago, I, I try, you know, I tell people, you know, like, it's like fighting in a phone booth, keep your elbows in, all that stuff like that. Well, yeah. I told one of my kids in my kid's class about that, and she just looked at me vacuously, like, what are you talking about? Because she's What's never, phone booth? yeah, she's never seen a phone booth. So, yeah. there I was, uh, up in Montreal, and they have them everywhere. They have, they have phone booths everywhere. So, so I took a picture of it to show her. And, uh, <laughs> and, but, but then it kind of dawned on me after a day or so. I'm like, wow, there are phone booths everywhere. There's always a phone. Yeah. Like somewhere nearby, there's always a phone. So, uh, you know, that's the sort of things that, that, that we need to, as martial artists, we should be fostering in some way and should be, as instructors, should be sharing with our students. And, you know, it's just, it's just a, a personal example of that. Well, and I think especially when when you're traveling and you're in an unfamiliar area and things like that, it's, yeah, I, I think of it like, um, when uh, when I'm on an airplane, I I actually pay attention to where the exits are. You know, a lot of a lot of people are are on their phones and they're 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 messing around when the the stewardess is talking to you know where the exits are and things like that. And I think to myself, you know, it takes it takes thirty seconds to register in your brain. These are where the exits are on the airplane. And you're not doing anything else anyway. <laughs> you're going to have plenty of time to do whatever it is you want to do. So for that small window of time, just pay a little bit of attention and register in your head. Are you going to run to the back or run to the front? Are right. you going to, you know, like, and, and, and just like you were saying, when, when you're traveling and, and you go into, um, the rest area or the the truck stop or the the unfamiliar place whatever it is it it never hurts to just just take that moment to say okay let me look around here let me is this a safe place is this is it okay to be here or gee you know there's it's I'm. This is a rest stop. There's one other car at the very far end of the parking lot. That car is empty, and there's no one around. So, hmm, where are those people or that person? And are they in the bathroom? Because I've been here for like five minutes now, stretching my legs and stuff, and nobody's come out of the bathroom. So... And then just you know what I mean, like just you go okay. I, I I need to be a little bit more aware of of what's going on because I'm not necessarily 100% comfortable with this situation. Uh, so I think it's always good to have to have more of an awareness. And of course, as you and I have talked many many times, that goes far beyond martial arts, uh, but is encompassed within self defense. You know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And one of the things I I always usually do, like when, uh, when I'm out walking around in town, and I did a lot in New York, was I would always pick up, you know, the Village Boys newspaper, whatever free magazines or something that were on the, uh, you know, as you go in and out of restaurants and stuff like that, and I'd roll it up, 
So I've got a short baton of some some fashion, yeah. something in my hand to do to do whatever with, and not because I'm I'm, I'm paranoid because it's you know the way it is. For one thing, if I grab like the local, you know, local rag, then you can read and see what's going on. But then also yeah. just so I've got something in my hand, just so I know I've got something in my hand. You know? And you know, I I think the 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 fine line between caution and paranoia is that it's your you grabbing that flyer. It's it's not like I think paranoia is a problem when it prevents you from doing the things that you want to do. When when you become fearful of of doing things that that you want to do that's bad but when you become aware and cautious like you know walking around with a with a rolled up newspaper or a a rolled up flyer you know i i know what you're talking about those little uh, paper magazines um it's not like it's a hardship for you (laughs) it's not like it's you're either going to walk with an empty hand or or one of those and uh it it doesn't really make a difference so it's not going to hurt anything doing it might as well better to better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it you know right exactly uh well hey i think we're uh uh, well we're at probably about 40 minutes now so let's let's break that in uh but the fun thing i've got to say was uh and it's uh, my 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 awesome moment. Uh, some people who follow me on, on uh, Facebook may have noticed it, but I was sitting there in a park, and so this this is this is part geek, part martial art, part whatever. Was I'm sitting in my own business, and me and my wife are sitting there, and kids playing, doing thing. I look over, and some lady sits down. And I was like, wow, that looks an awful lot like Rosario Dawson. And then she took her sunglasses off, and sure enough, it was Rosario sure Dawson. Enough. It was Rosario Dawson. That's and, cool. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm heart fluttering, <laughs> you know, and, and and so, you know, and I, I don't want to be that guy. And Laura's like, well, go over and say hi to her. I'm like, I'm not going to be that guy, you know. But uh, she was there, I guess, I think with her, like her niece or something. Uh, she was there with the child, which was, you know, important. So, yeah. Uh, so if you see a, a Hollywood somebody and there's no kids around, maybe, you know, keep an eye on them. But, uh, and if it's Rosario Dawson, it's real easy to do that. Uh, but uh, yeah. anyway, but it was just you know that was my little geeky sort of like oh my gosh she's right there with fame. and and that's right when you know here here's here's the geek part I was like I want to go over and say like are you going to be in Daredevil you know are are you going to be Elektra you know <laughs> how about Sin City you know do, do you need someone to train with you I'll train with you for Sin City too uh, anyway uh, yeah which is already in the can I think but but uh, anyway that was that but but the point about it was was I, I feel good from a, a you know a um, an awareness standpoint that you know like. Ping! I picked something that was not usual, <laughs> and that's so, uh, so, so that, that was the. That's how I tie that back into the podcast. Uh, and speak- you know, I think the the other thing that I'd like to say is that I I would I would encourage people to 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 do their forms in public, and when, you know, when when you're out, and I know a lot of people travel for work. That's that's a that's a big thing, uh, you know, uh, and just don't don't worry about if people are watching, and in fact. You know, my experience is that I, that I was uncomfortable for a while, but I just got used to it, and I didn't care. And I think the more people that are okay with doing that, the more opportunity others will have to say, "Hey, what you doing?" Or, "Hey, you know, I did martial arts for a while, and and who knows, you might be at a conference and 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 find a partner to work out with for the week." Um, so I, I, I would, I would encourage people to, to just be more public about it because, you know, like I say, you might feel silly, but it's, it's, it's not, it's a hobby like any other hobby. <laughs> yeah. You know, our good friend, uh, David Audie, who is listening, uh, his, 
contributed to the show and on the on the boards. He traveled. He moved from New York to I think California, and we probably should have him on the show to talk about that. But that's one of the things he did was he you know he had a map, you know he checked in every day, that whole thing. So uh, yep. that was a, that was a good. I told him I said, "Are you coming this way?" But he went north. So, um, uh. but there's that thing going on. But uh, speaking of the podcast, one of the things that we have been talking about is maybe trying to resurrect the live shows again. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Because we, uh, Dan and I, usually record these on our, on our lunchtime. So it's around lunchtime for everybody, and since uh, we can stream those. Yeah, it's usually, it's usually what? Um, like, well, it's, it's the 11.30 to, 11.30 to 12.30 Eastern. So it gives uh, Eastern uh, uh, a half an hour, and it gives Central a half an hour. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure we can fill the space, but... Uh, but the but the big flick is um, we can kind of do this at lunchtime. You can probably sit at your desk, listen to it, nod thoughtfully at all the wonderful things we're saying, and then also maybe you can do a little more contribution, uh, which is kind of what we want. We want to want to do that. And because I have those T-shirts, um, we're probably going to try and give those away. So, Ooh, there you go. We want we want your input, and you know, like we say, you can always give us a call at four six nine eight four four five seven nine one. Or email us at karatecafe at gmail.com or Twitter us at, at karatecafe and you know give us your input on some of your stuff, maybe on some of the things that you did when you were traveled and um, that sort of thing. But anyway, we're talking about maybe doing the, the whole live thing again or maybe streaming it. And, and you know, it's, I, I think to myself, we're, yeah, we're sitting here doing this anyway. We might as well do it live and see if anybody else wants to. Uh, to say hi while we're doing it. Right. And then, uh, but we're also maybe going to leverage the Google, maybe do a Hangout or, mm-hmm. or something like that, and uh, maybe do them a, a videos. That, that way we can stream it up to YouTube and you guys can point and laugh. Uh, but, <laughs> but anyway, so that's what we're thinking about doing. So if you guys think that the, the live thing might be something that you're into, uh, let us know. Tell us, you know, you can email us, you can call us, you can Twitter us, you can do Facebook us. And uh, let us know if you because if it's if no one cares and no one really is going to do it and no one thinks they might want to, we may just do one. But if it gets that momentum going and gets people more of an opportunity to interact, which is kind of the whole yeah. point, uh, we really want to do that. So excellent, excellent. Uh, so okay, well, this is another episode. Dan, as always, a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, and I'd I'd like to if anybody needs uh, Dojo Management software, go over to the dojomanager.com. That's right. Yeah, I actually hopefully well, I signed up one student at the beginning of the month. Hopefully, I'll sign up another one. And guess what? They're both Ooh. going in the dojo manager. So uh, excellent. So so we we'll get get ready to rock that. So yes, dojo manager. Excellent. As always, go see our uh, our fine sponsor over Pranagear.com. Let them know. Uh, let them know you're listening to the show and you like their stuff. Buy some of their crap. And if you do, <laughs> let them know that uh, it's not crap. It's fine. It's, I, I keep telling everybody. These gi are like the. I, I showed my students. I'm like, look, look how great this gi is. So um, anyway, uh, oh yeah, you know it's the, it, the stuff I got from them is essentially invincible. Yeah, yeah. So. This is the third one I've gotten from them. Thank you, Bill. And uh, I, they, they're they're bulletproof. They're throw proof so far. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they just they they look good. So we should do that. But anyway, uh, I want to thank you guys all for listening once again, and thank you once again to Julio for talking to us. Uh, or talking to me and trying to get me to come train with them in New York. And uh, Dan, thanks once again for the conversation. Hey, my pleasure. And we will talk to you all again very soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of Karate Cafe. 
You can join the conversation by emailing us at karatecafe at gmail.com. Call our comment line at 469-844-5791 or log into the forum at karatecafe.com. Remember, you can support the show by visiting our sponsor, piranagear.com, or shopping at Amazon through our link, karatecafe.com slash Amazon, or donate at karatecafe.com. I'm Steve Henderson, proud supporter and voice talent for Karate Cafe. If you or someone you know needs an effective voice for a film, television, radio, or new media web project, contact me at stevehendersonvoiceovers at gmail.com or call me at 404-314-8400. Once again, thanks for listening to Karate Cafe.